0: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. On a Tuesday, we do like to check in on the latest breaking news headlines as they affect the nation of Israel. Stan Goodenough is back with us today, an Israel-licensed evangelical tour guide, journalist, writer and speaker his website is called jerusalemwatchman.org. Stan, good enough. Special welcome back to 2020.
1: Thank you, Neil. And all the listeners, good to be with you.
0: Stan, let's start with what is a new development that's happening in Israel, affects more broadly the Middle East. Israel reportedly has attacked Iranian targets in Damascus on Sunday, the latest in a series of developments that have ratcheted up tension in the Middle East. What are the headlines saying?
1: Neil, uh, according to uh, reports that have come out of Damascus, reports that Israel has not commented on, which is Israel's policy, uh, there were explosions in the southern neighbourhood of the Syrian capital late Sunday evening uh, in what is what was widely believed to have been an Israeli strike on Iranian installed sites and personnel. The Iranians have been working on establishing their presence in Syria as a direct threat to Israel for a number of years, and Israel has been trying to limit their growth by hitting them strategically, uh, mostly through airstrikes. These particular strikes reportedly came from missiles that Israel fired at the southern parts of the Syrian capital, which is where most of the Iranian personnel are believed to be, or many Iranian personnel are believed to be um, located. Now, Iran is thought to be proactively manipulating the political atmosphere, in the region, in a way that will favor its efforts to reverse crippling sanctions that were brought to bear against the Iranian regime by the Trump administration. The Iranians hope to keep themselves in the position of um, negotiating power, even as they continue their race towards developing nuclear weapons, which is what they are doing. Now last week, leading up to this uh, latest attack, on Thursday, February the 21st, in what the Israelis called a dramatic escalation, uh, an Israeli-owned ship sailing not far from the Iranian coast was damaged in an apparent missile attack. There were no injuries reported, but the ship had to put into Dubai for repairs, and analysts believed that that attack was carefully measured to send a warning message to Israel, a shot, if you like across the bowels by the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps. Uh, A couple of hours after the ship was hit, in what was believed to have been an unrelated response by the United States, U.S. aircraft attacked Iranian targets in Syria. Uh, For its part, this strike was seen as a carefully calibrated retaliation for an Iranian-backed Iraqi militia strike on targets that wounded five Americans a week before. So there's been this ongoing um, escalation, and there's been these two fronts, Neil. One is where Israel is holding back the Iranians uh, in Syria and sending messages to them by the proxy armies to stay away from attacking Israel directly. And the other is in the, as it were, Middle East negotiation, negotiating process that's taking place between uh, the new Biden administration and the Iranians. Uh, the Iranians uh, want to want to have the United States re-enter the nuclear agreement that was signed uh, under the Obama administration, um, and for so its part, the Biden, Biden White House wants to renegotiate uh, with the Iranians. But on Tuesday, on Thursday last week, Israel's Prime Minister uh, Benjamin Netanyahu uh, said that he had told President Biden, Biden, that he would do whatever it takes to prevent in nuclear-armed Iran. To quote the Israeli prime minister, I told uh, President Biden that with or without an agreement, my obligation as the prime minister of Israel, as the prime minister of the Jewish state, is to prevent a recurrence of the terrible things that have been done to our people in the past. There is a regime whose flagship goal is to destroy us, he said, referencing Iran. I will do everything I can, everything in my power, to prevent it from attaining nuclear weapons, uh, so it's that that's the backdrop as this spiral of violence continues, and I guess the coming days will will show us which way things might go.
0: It is a new day and, as you say, stand tensions rising in the Middle East. Let's give some attention to some other headlines where illegal and profuse construction of Arab towns and cities continues in the ancestral heartland of the Jewish people with massive international support. Some believe Israel's losing this battle against what's been labelled the weapon called Palestine. What are the thoughts here around these issues?
1: Neil, this is a critical area that I'm watching at the moment, uh, domestically, but in the context of Israel's coming elections, and that's this battle over the heartland, which some uh, people call the West Bank, but it's been known for many, many millennia as Samaria and Judea. Now, according to an Israeli organization uh, called Regavim, since 2006, this organization has been reporting on and fighting in the courts uh, what amounts to a... European Union and United Nations funded illegal land grab supporting uh, the construction of illegal um, houses and apartment blocks throughout uh, Judea and Samaria. During, during Trump's tenure in the White House, the so-called Palestinian Authority that represents the Palestinian Arab movement kept its head down. But it also used the opportunity uh, uh, provided by Israel's dysfunctional government to push on with their encroachment on the mountains of Samaria and Judea, building mansions and often uh, shell apartment blocks for non-ex- non-existent Arab tenants all over what's known as Area C, the largest part of uh, Samaria and Judea. Now that the Biden administration is in the White House, the Palestinians are clearly emboldened by this, and eyewitnesses' accounts uh, give a glimpse of what is really happening in the land that Israel's delegitimizes call Uh, the West Bank. There is an organization, uh, or think tank, called the Begin Sadat Center for Strategic Studies, and they released a statement on February the 17th uh, that says the following. The Palestinian Authority is winning one of the most important battles it has ever waged against Israel. It is the same battle the Zionist movement and later the State of Israel successfully waged, that of strategic settlement. This means the creation of rural and urban infrastructure to consolidate control over territory required to create a state. According to this organization or this think tank, the Palestinian Arabs are winning the battle for the land in Judea and Samaria.
0: Uh, There certainly are a lot of dimensions to the way that tensions can rise and battles can be fought uh, when it comes to settlements. Let's move on here, Stan. The first ambassador from the United Arab Emirates to Israel is set to arrive in Tel Aviv. It's being considered fruit of the so-called Abraham Accords that have changed the Middle East forever. And the Biden administration appears to be working against the promising new reality. How are the headlines looking here?
1: This is a positive report uh, on on the face of it, Neil, a man by the name of Mohammed Mahmoud al-Khaja. He's the first ambassador from the United Arab Emirates to Israel. He's set to arrive in the country on Monday. Um, Last week, just before the Israeli Sabbath, he sent out a tweet to Israelis in which he said that for Emiratis and Israelis, a new chapter of openness, understanding, and prosperity is beginning. Looking forward to my first visit See you next week, Shabbat Shalom. His posting follows the January 24th opening of Israel's first embassy in Dubai and the placement of Israeli ambassador Eitan Naheh in that Arab capital. Now, this is a historic um, and game-changing ambassadorial exchange. It was made possible by the series of normalization agreements, which are known as the Abrahamic Accords, as you mentioned here, that were forged by the Trump administration in 2020. While all of the world was caught up in the COVID-19 plague, the Abraham Accords dramatically changed the face of the Middle East. Israel now has diplomatic relations with not only the United Arab Emirates, but Bahrain, Morocco, the Sudan. On Sunday, our former U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said that many Saudi Arabians are eager to see their country sign on to the Abraham Accords as well. In effect, what this has brought about, Neil, is an end to the decades long conflict that has simply been called the Arab Israeli conflict. All the Arabs were seen as being on one side and Israel on the other. Today that conflict in that in that form is no more. We can only really talk now about the Israeli Palestinian conflict. However, since assuming office in January, President Joe Biden has set course to radically reverse America's approach to the Middle East. He seeks to warm up relations with Iran and cool down relations with Saudi Arabia. And this is not a holding news story even uh, as we talk today. Some observers are concerned that Washington's diametrically different dealings will endanger the Abraham Accords. But last night, in a Zoom meeting um, in Jerusalem, a respected legal scholar, Eugene Kontorovich, he said that the Biden that uh, Joe Biden's strategy could very well backfire. While it was true that Washington is pouring cold water on the Accords, for example, by re-evaluating the sale of advanced F-35 warplanes to the United Arab Emirates, which was part of the deal, um, the American president's focused interest in pursuing relations with Iran, said the professor, could well work to cement the Abraham Accords because it could push Uh, the Sunni states, led by Saudi Arabia, even closer to Israel. And that's the situation we're watching on
0: the ground. There's good things happening. At the same time, there are all sorts of challenges that are developing too. Hey, let's come back to the elections, which are just three weeks away in Israel and oppositions growing towards Netanyahu's continued rule as Prime Minister. But those polls show that the man under whom the country's has enjoyed the most peace and security in modern history is likely to be returned to power. How do things look there, Stan?
1: Changing every day, Neil, uh, as the polls fluctuate, but not much. One day it seems as if Israel will end up after March 23rd, which is the election date, with a strongly right wing government or right wing coalition government. Because in Israel's political context, you have to have a coalition. No party gets enough votes to run the show completely on its own. Uh, the Likud party, which is Netanyahu's party, is seen to be the overall winner in terms of number of seats that it will win. However, it will have to form a coalition with a number of parties. And some days the polls indicate that a right coalition will be formed, which would would put Israel in a better place to stand up against a potentially demanding Biden administration and help secure its position in the New Middle East, as it's being called. Uh, Other days it suggests that perhaps, no, there are so many people who dislike Netanyahu on the left primarily, but others who are uncertain about him or who feel that after he has been prime minister longer than any other prime minister in Israel's modern history, that it's time for him to go, uh, that they could join together and try and force Netanyahu out and put their other political differences aside. So this is a changing situation day by day. As you mentioned, though, uh, under Netanyahu, Israel has enjoyed its uh, most peaceful period uh, since the creation of the state in 1948. A member of the Zionist Federation of Australia, uh, honorary life member, his name is uh, Ron Weiser, he wrote a couple of weeks ago that Netanyahu is the number one when it comes to this election, and number two and number three. He's the main issue. And barring anything happening major on the Iranian front or with anything to do with Israel's security, um, he would remain in that position. Should anything arise from the regional direction, however, he said, it will play into his hands and strengthen him and his possibility of winning. However, his handling, Netanyahu's handling of the COVID crisis, COVID-19 um, plague, uh, has been severely uh, criticized, and there are many who feel that actually, you know, he's at, at, over the age of 70. His, his days are over and a new administration should be formed. There is a man, not many Australians will know him, his name is Naftali Bennett. He heads up a party called Yamina, which means basically going going forward uh, or going right, and he, uh, he is believed to be the potential kingmaker. Uh, the outcome of the March 23 elections is clarified. But we have to wait a few more weeks to see what will happen.
0: And in a few more weeks, we'll get a a good insight from you, Stan, as to how that outcome is looking when that election takes place. Stan, great getting your insights once again on breaking news as it's coming out of Israel. Let me point people to your website where they can read a number of great blog articles that uh, they'll be able to become informed about the developments that are going on in Israel The website is called jerusalemwatchman.org. That's jerusalemwatchman.org. Stan Goodenough is an Israel-licensed evangelical tour guide. He's a journalist, writer and speaker. Stan, thank you so much for an update today on 2020.
1: My pleasure. Thank you very much.